Hey guys, it's Christine Gambito, aka Happy Slip, and you're listening to Annie Talks. Annie Talks, Annie Talks. Welcome to the show. Here we go with Annie Talks. Annie Talks, Annie Talks. Welcome to the show. Here's your host, it's Annie Talks. Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of Annie Talks where we bring to you interesting stories about interesting people that you want to know about. I'm your host Annie Rivera. Thank you for tuning in and to those who have already subscribed. If you're new to the podcast, welcome and I hope you enjoy what you hear and if so, I personally invite you to subscribe. Annie Talks is brought to you by Daily Gadgets and More. Daily Gadgets and More is proud and committed to offering the largest variety of high quality products at the lowest prices and the best customer service. Find us on Instagram or visit dailygadgetsandmore.com. That's dailygadgetsandmore.com. On my next episode of Annie Talks, I am so proud and honored to have a lovely comedian, YouTube sensation, Christine Gambito. Christine, also known by her screen name, Happy Slip, is a Filipino-American internet personality, actress, and comedian. Her videos have been viewed over 100 million times across the web. She started performing comedy at a young age when her mom would request for her to do impressions of the family. Other cousins had to play piano, she had to do stand-up and do imitations on demand. Unbeknownst to Christine, those were her early days of stand-up comedy. Loving to create stories and skits, Christine wrote, performed, and edited her one-woman show which started on YouTube in 2006 under the name Happy Slip. Christine tells the story of how she came upon the name Happy Slip. If you haven't heard the story, be sure to listen all the way to the end where she explains the origin of Happy Slip. So, Christine decided to use this as a screen name not only for the funny childhood memory, but also based on the hope that people would slip into happiness when they watch her videos. Now, without further delay, here now is my conversation with Christine Gambito. I have the wonderful privilege, I believe me you guys, it's such an honor to have this guest on our show. It is Christine Gambito. Everybody, you guys know her as Happy Slip. Christine, thank you so much for being on the show. I really, truly appreciate it. Oh, thanks for having me, Annie. Woohoo! Yeah. Yay! I know. So we just did a whole introduction of who you are and how the world knows you. So uh, why don't you just kind of fill in the gaps about you know things that maybe you'd like to share with us? You, I'd like to know, for instance, like your hometown and uh, all that. So why don't you just kind of give us that information leading up to who Christine Gambito is today? Well, let's see here now. Um, <laughs> Born and raised in Virginia. Mm-hmm. Um, I think some people kind of detect that in my, in just my everyday way of talking, because sometimes I'll, a little southern twang will come out. Um, <clears throat> not necessarily that everyone around me spoke that way, but there's a Virginian type of, I don't know, manner that comes out in me. And um, so definitely more American than Filipino in the sense of, you know, being born and raised there, but 
everything of the Filipino culture and everything of the family is exactly where the humor comes from. Cause growing up in a Filipino family, but having to face an American world. So right. yeah. Yeah. So grew up there and let's see what else. I mean, you know, knew from an early age that I was, I was a ham. I would just memorize commercials and act them out and, uh, uncles would be recording me and I would just sit there and be a total ham. And I, I just didn't know how that was going to pan out or turn into whatever. I just knew probably by age 13, definitely I wanted to be a professional performer somehow. <laughs> so my dad to take headshots of me. He used to have his own little photography business at the time. And I literally with my big fat, Coke bottle bifocal glasses. I was just convinced that I was going to be an actress somehow. <laughs> I, him. I was like, take my headshots. And I, I, I got a book that was supposedly leading me into how to get acting jobs and how to get an agent. So mm-hmm. I tried to make my pictures that my dad took of me to a local agency. And I, you know, when I think of it now, I'm like, Oh, they, they would have had a great laugh looking at those. I'm sure. I'm sure. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, you know, I, it's that early kind of, um, what would you call it? It's, it's that pure desire to just do what you love. And I didn't have any kind of inhibitions as far as like, a a mirror of reality staring me in the face saying, Oh, look at you, first of all. And um, mm, uh, this era in this time and space in Hollywood, there's no spot for you right now. They won't know what to do with you. (laughs) I didn't have any of those thoughts at all. I was just like, Mm -hmm. I'm an actress. And I had no idea how that was going to turn out, but I just knew that it was a dream, you know, back then. And I'm sorry. Now I'm just like meandering off of the thing. No, I love it. I mean, you were like invincible. It sounds like, I mean, you, you already kind of knew in the back of my, in the back of your mind, in your forefront that you just, what you wanted to do and see now, you know, when most children or kids your age or our age or that at that age, when, you know, we're not thinking about what we want to do when we grow up, you already knew, you already kind of figured that out. So, I mean, you were already kind of forward thinking about that. Yes. Well, I think friends also kind of encourage that along the way. They're just like, oh, yeah. They just already knew I was the ham. I was the, you know, with, with friends and especially at church in that safe environment for me, I was just all out ridiculously OA, like overacting and completely uh, I mean, people just knew me that way. So, um, but at school I was introverted, like a turtle in my shell and didn't talk at all. And it was just interesting because I think what got me confident in saying at 13, Hey dad, take my headshots and all that was a teacher that believed in me at that age. She, um, just for some reason I was her teacher spit. Okay. I don't know. I don't know what. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe because I gave her a candle for the Christmas season that time, but she she just took to me and said, "No, I want you to join the public speaking group, the the um, forensics, what they called it, which I don't know why they call it forensics because everyone always thinks, oh, the study of dead bodies or what? No, speaking." <laughs> and so she, for some reason, saw in me that let's work on this together. I don't know why she even thought to believe in me that way because she didn't see me in my other context. But 
the long story short there is that uh, I ended up competing in different, um, uh, well, like storytelling, storytelling competitions. That's what it was, storytelling. And then I wrote my own original oratory essay on prejudice. And I got up there with my my bifocal glasses and this tiny little brown girls up there. And they... (laughs) I just remember that day clearly and the, the reaction of the judges and the people, they were just like, we did not expect that voice to come out of this little body, like just speaking with conviction and up there owning it. You know what I'm saying? And so when I won first place for that, my teacher literally stood up and yelled for the whole entire auditorium to hear her shriek this proud uh, joyous shriek she was so <laughs> at that moment I felt yes I felt invincible I was like I'm gonna be an actress and she That's was like so cool. a, yeah she was like you're gonna be a lawyer and I was like huh yeah that's where it started and then by um let's see so obviously professional jobs didn't really come in until my early 20s and mm. I kind of um what do you call that maxed out for what the industry had for me in that, in that uh, area where I grew up. And it was mostly like training films and industrials. And, and for me, I was just like, Ooh, I'm getting paid to act. You know, even if, if it was a training film on how to put on goggles, how to put on gloves, how to, put on, you know, how to operate a forklift, you know, um, it, it's so me, funny. Yeah. Cause there was an industrial production company right there in my hometown. And so once I kind of, maxed out on that uh a director i was working with was trying to tell me and encourage me to go to new york and pursue acting and that whole thing but Mm -hmm. really things i felt didn't really take off in the way that uh i could really showcase what i can do until youtube started i mean because you know for me to be thrown into the whole new york la like go with all the other um, you know, go to all the auditions and try. And it's just like uh, dissatisfying because you're trying to fit into a box of what other directors or producers have in mind and you can't really show uniquely what you do. Mm-hmm. So, so when, if you're saying, you know, talk to us about what makes you who you are today, then I would say career wise, that didn't feel satisfying as an artist until YouTube started. And then I was like, oh, wow, I can do what I usually do for the family, make sitcoms, you know, 30-minute sitcoms for the entertainment of the family and learn how to craft it for the internet and pretty much have my own one-woman show. I can do what I want from the Mm -hmm. comfort of my own home. And uh, that's where the creative, uh, what could you call it, Uh, sparks were flying, just like, oh, my God. I can do, you know, sky's the limit. I can do whatever I want here, you know. I love that about you too because um, when I discovered it, I mean, I was late to the game, you know. I'm, I'm sure it's been around for, you know, what, a couple, at least a decade at, mm-hmm. at best. Um, but I'm, I'm late to the game. But when I did finally jump on the bandwagon, yeah, you're absolutely right. You just start to realize that you can be your own producer, your own, I mean, you're, you, you wear, like you're a woman of many hats. You just wear all these different hats hats and then you're the writer the producer and everything else the editor and probably the videographer and so on and so forth which actually I wanted to ask you um did you do all of your shooting I mean did you did you produce it all yourself I mean were you the one behind the camera basically you know pretty much for all the happy slip videos it's 
pretty much there's only um later by the time I had three kids I brought on a friend to kind of help me with the editing so there's a few videos that he helped me with but at the end of the day when it comes to comedic timing and um, the vision I have in my head the skits are something that I'm very hands-on and I'm just like oh I know what I want so let me just you know let me just get in there and edit it or whatever so um, but pretty much almost everything you see there I've had to you know from the concept and writing the skit out and then recording it and then editing it and then promoting like everything is just really that a one-woman show you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now your beloved character, Happy Slip, I love it so much. And I know I know that the entire Filipino and Philam, you know, Filipino American community has embraced it and because they feel like this great sense of connection with you. Now how does that how does that make you feel that you're the you're you're like the pioneer for female comedians and, and specifically, you know, of Asian culture representing the Filipino Filipino community? How does that make you feel? Well, that's uh, it's uh, hard to wrap my brain around because it's just uh, <laughs> you know, I mean, making video making videos in your room at home is one thing, but then when you go out and actually do live performances and connect with people face to face, it's surreal. You're just like, what? How is this happening? And yeah. um, you know, when people ask me uh, sometimes in the Q and A, they'll be like, well, which Koreans do you look up to? And I, I I'd have to pause and be like, wait a minute. Like, I literally didn't even know, this was not a goal for me to be a stand-up comic Went back when I was 13. I didn't have any clue that's what it was going to turn into. So it's not like I was studying stand-up comics and saying, I'm going to be that one day. I'm going to be, it, it yeah. just turned into this and, and turns out that this is the roots of where my performance came from. I just didn't realize that's what it was. I didn't realize I was doing stand-up comedy. I didn't realize I would be most in my element and most comfortable doing comedy. So, so this is all just kind of new frontier for me as well. So to, to think, you know, when I had to actually sit and pause and think, are there any other Filipina like uh, stand-up comedians that are touring at the improvs and doing and like headlining? And I, I just, I don't know. I don't know of any. So I, <laughs> I, I, you know, honest, honestly, I don't either, but I, I, I like to think that you are, you are definitely groundbreaking, you know, that and paving that way for, for future Filipinos yeah. or Filipino women comedians, mm-hmm. um, you know, to, to, you know, to make a name for themselves as well. And you definitely, I think, have cornered that market, oh. for now, you know, for sure. Oh, thank you. I thank you, Annie. Yeah, of course. Now, tell us a little bit more about like the characters. I know that you in in your skits. You were talking earlier about your skits. Now I know that you play your mom, your dad, and your your aunt, mm-hmm. um, and then you play others too. So, um, can you just kind of briefly tell us about what made you create these characters? And obviously, you base these characters off your off real life. People. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, definitely. And it, again, the origination of all this came about from the family being bored at holiday parties, family gatherings. Oh, okay. Can you imitate me, please? My mom asking me, you know, and then I'm up there and they're literally asking me, oh, imitate your cousin so-so, your, your Lola, your sister, your dad, your mom, your, and they just start down the list. And so um, I would just observe people and then take on their characteristics. So a lot of these other characters, so you mentioned the big ones, like the mom, the dad, like the Lola, um, the the aunt. um, And I do like a cousin who is kind of a a mixture of different cousins that I have. So there's the shyness quality and her name's Minnie. So she's 
be oh, shy right. she's also on the spot by her mom and she has to sing but you know so it's a lot of the, the even the aunt character is a mixture so her hair is based off of one aunt and then and then the outlandish stuff she says sometimes are a mixture of different aunties that I have observed. But um, yeah, definitely inspired by real life characters and just taking stories that have kind of endured through the years and people saying, tell that story again about blah, 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 mm-hmm. blah, 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 blah. Or, yeah. you know, <laughs> point that at family reunions, I, that's why I would make the sitcoms because I was interested in the whole production aspect of you know, creating, creating something, forcing my cousins to be in it, you know, and then I would act all these parts out and then we would have something for everyone to watch at the reunions. And then, so therefore, if they got bored again, a second or third or fourth, I'd be like, just watch the show. Like (laughs) (laughs) the show again. Yeah. Now, so, um, I know that you, in, in your skits that you, you have this, I mean, an undeniable, um, Filipino accent and it's actually one of the best I've heard so um but you don't speak the you don't speak Tagalog or in um Ilocano or or any of the Filipino language is that correct yeah only a few words and that's where people get shocked because they're like what because all along they think if I do the accent well they think obviously I'm gonna speak the language but um and I explained to everybody that yes my parents were afraid we would get confused in school so they only spoke English to us, so conversing in English back and forth, but to each other, they would speak Tagalog, and we would hear other family members speak Tagalog, so it's like, I can understand for the most part, but I can't formulate, I can't speak it. Yeah, same, um, same here, I forget it, I can't even try, I I, I get scrutinized, and I'm not sure if you get scrutinized, but I get the frowns from the, from the older, or the elderly, you know, they, oh, you don't speak it, oh, you know, and then they kind of shake their head in disbelief, like, (laughs) <laughs> so I think that's kind of I think that's really cool that I like how you go from you know the English um, the English language to and then you throw in the accent and then once in a while you throw in a couple a couple um, Filipino words and it really just resonates so well with that with the whole com- you know Filipino community because we can all relate especially you know us um, you know uh, younger generations where we we certainly didn't grow up in that household speaking um to you know filipino either so we're 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 like you or we we you know we understand we understand what they're saying but then we answer in english <laughs> so yeah, i get that all the time so yeah yeah i think it's that. yeah i think it's definitely um hitting hitting um um as far as a what not want to say a nerve like 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 in a bad way but it's um reminding people of yeah that's how I grew up too how come we have the same household or how can we have the same experiences it's it's just um observing and and um it is it's observational humor and then when it's played out people are like oh I see my own situation being played out I see my own family being played out mm-hmm. and so um I think that's definitely the type of, of comedy to to I mean to describe what it is. Cause people go, what do you, what it is that you do? It's not like I come up with jokes and a punchline necessarily. It's not like that. It's more mm-hmm. observational humor. Right. And it's, you know, it's, and it's relatable for, for them, for all of us, you know, it's, def- it's definitely relatable. And, and, you know, and it's definitely something that we've all, you know, have at one point or another have we identify with we and it resonates with us um quite nicely actually hopefully <laughs> yeah now when we i don't 
even know how we came to meet virtually. I think at one point, I think I was trying to help um, with some of your touring dates way, way, way back when. But um, you, I, I, I thought this was interesting because I remember at one point that you were going to actually take your family on the road in an RV. And mm-hmm. um, you were going to do the, uh, a, a, a tour circuit. And, mm-hmm. and, yeah. yeah. Like, what happened? <laughs> yeah, what happened? <laughs> so I think that was 2012 when we talked. And so I had at that point, how old would Mike have been? He would have been seven and then a, um, a two-year-old and a newborn when I talked ah. to you. And so you're talking about this creative drive has always been around, but the phase of life into which this could actually materialize and happen Mm -hmm. is why fast forward then now seven years later or almost seven years later from when we first talked is just because of literally the timing. So the boys are older now. I don't need to be chasing them. I mean, a two-year-old and then a newborn boy though. I mean, so you're three boys. So I, you know, now they're older, they're 13, eight and six. And so I really don't have to worry about them getting into the trouble right. like back then, not that the newborn would get in trouble, but I'm just saying the, the amount of um, um, time that I, 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 I had aspirations, but it's like the timing didn't work out. And also uh, we were brainstorming together how to even land venues. I was very not confident in thinking that will people even show up? So I was trying to find some way to, oh, is there a way you can do, um, what is the name of that service? It's, it's where people launch like independent movies to be screened or to be, and they, so they have these watch parties and then, but they, they'll only rent the theater if enough people commit to it and pay ahead of time. And so to me, that seemed like a risk-free way of being able to rent venues but there doesn't seem to be that kind of model out there for like stand-up comedy. Mm-hmm, right. So I kind of put it on the back shelf and just focused on the family for a while. But I just thought I don't one have the confidence that people would actually come out. And number two, I don't have the money to be renting independent theater anyway. Right. So it just seemed a little overwhelming at that stage of life. And then now, um, you know, now that the kids are older, it's just the, the daughter now that's two years old, but you still have that creative drive. You're in a different phase of life. And it's like, you know what? We saved up money. Let's mm-hmm. go out on a, not like it was a ton of money. It was literally a, a, a leap of faith to be like, let me rent out this local theater for $3,000 and hope <laughs> that I can make the money back. If enough people would at least show up to just at least make the money back. So it was um, literally a step of faith to book those first shows. And then when they started selling out, that's when I uh, got in contact with the improv. We were actually just trying to rent an improv location, not like try to do open mics or get in with the with that scene because I didn't think they'd give me the time of day. It was more like, can I just rent the venue? Right. And then, but they caught wind of what I was doing and selling out these independent shows. So they're like offered to me, they said, would you like to headline at some of our clubs? I'm like, are you kidding me? <laughs> oh my God. That is so awesome. Timing is everything. I mean, I, I think, you know, life had to happen and, and then, you know, the development of all the, you know, the comedy clubs, you know, the local comedy clubs, um, 
uh, and whatnot. I think it, again, it's timing's everything. So this is, I think this is the perfect time. And because people have absolutely missed you, you know, I mean, they, they, they wanted, they wanted to see continuous skits and, and whatnot. And we know that we, that you had a, a family to raise. And then when you said that you were going on tour, everybody just kind of just, you know, cheered and yeah, let's go see her. So yeah, definitely. I think it, it's definitely, we we love it. I'm happy that you're out on the circuit and I know that your fans are definitely out on the circuit. And, well, and I think like you said, timing too, when I said that I literally didn't have confidence, you know, seven years before is because the, the more kids that came and, those, and that was a purposeful move to build into the family, to build into things that will last in eternity, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, these are the important things. I know videos aren't going to last for eternity, right? I mean, all that is secondary to my family. But um, when I told you that seven years ago, I didn't have the confidence that people would show up is because just is because you can't measure the connection that the audience has with you based on social media views. You cannot. So I, I ended up getting invited last year to um, a TFCU talks. It's like a TED talks, but for the um, TFC Filipino right. channel. Mm-hmm. So I, you know, that's what got me pretty proactive on doing this independent tour because I showed up, I I just put a little blast on social media. I didn't think anyone would really show up. I thought, you know, it may be a few will show up. We'll see. But I was surprised the amount of people that came out. These are fans that have been fans for over a decade. Mm -hmm. They showed up and the type of connection and the things they were saying to me and the line to just talk and meet was like down the stage, out the door, like, and I was like, where are these people coming from? What are they, you know, and I (laughs) not have, I couldn't fathom that they were still connected to me after all this time that I had been silent on YouTube and silent on social media building in another way. I mean, you think how fast social media moves that you're, once you're out of sight, out of mind, like lost, lost Mm -hmm. in space, like no one's going to care. That's what I thought. But then to see the connection in their eyes and be like, you know, I just always will connect to your stuff, this and that, this and that. And I thought that's what kicked me in the butt to do it. I was like, you know what? I'm not going to pay attention so much to these social media numbers. I'm going to into what the real connection is face to face. And to me, I love it much more live performance. There's nothing like it. I would much rather make, I mean, I'd much rather do live performance than um, videos. Mm -hmm. I hope you're enjoying this podcast episode. We'll be right back after this short message from one of our sponsors. Comfortherm Thermal Wraps are designed to help relieve the pain and swelling in and around the jaw, especially after wisdom teeth extractions. For more information, visit Comfortherm.com. That's Comfortherm.com. Hey there, Annie Rivera here. Thanks for tuning in to Annie Talks. Be sure to tell your friends about subscribing to the podcast and don't forget to rate and review the podcast. Doing so helps out with the algorithm and helps others to find this podcast too. I also invite you to like my Annie Talks Facebook page. There you'll find other news, information, upcoming events, and all sorts of things. Stay in the know with Annie Talks. I also invite you to join the Annie Talks Community Facebook group where we carry the conversation from the podcast episode to the Facebook group. Ask questions about the episode, about a guest, about the locations, you name it, ask away. 
This forum is for you. See you on the Annie Talks Community Facebook group. And when you were here locally um, at uh, the Brea Improv not too long ago, you did a skit I thought was just super funny. You had brought up um, a few people onto the stage and um, without telling too much, but you had a little skit about the, the nicknames or the, mm-hmm. the Filipino nicknames or the, um, and I love that. I thought it was so, so, so funny. So again, it's being relatable with your audience and having that connection because they feel, you know, um, they're, they're, you know, they, this is the person that they've always looked up to and that they love watching that entertain them. And now they have that connection because you're there with them. And now, you know, you've, you've interacted with them and it's that much more valuable to them. So I was so happy that you did that. Oh, yay! I thought it was a great skit. So yay. Oh, yay. Yeah. That, that's always <laughs> fun. That part always is like, yeah live with the fans like you said on stage <laughs> yeah so now you have a couple more dates coming up right you have um washington dc you have arizona washington or what did i already say washington washington or seattle um and then canada so what's next after that for you yeah we're trying to i mean just newly uh working with an agent and a manager now okay um, all these shows that have taken off uh, that's led to more doors opening and so now um, we're strategizing um, kind of a, a just putting down these these cities that have been asking and requesting and trying to strategize of how to add add more of these cities and venues so there's definitely going to be just off the top of my head I mean obviously got to hit Hawaii Las Vegas um, yeah mm-hmm. Dallas uh what do you call it uh obviously <laughs> beach um but Toronto's huge New York City Jersey City um <clears throat> I think Florida I've got some some requests from Miami and um, Jacksonville but um, yeah, so those are some just off the top of my head. And I'm like, we have got to hit these places. You know? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. That is, you're going to be phenomenal. And I'm super excited for you. So these, these are all just, you know, I think it's it, the world is waiting. The world is has been waiting. And so for you to come out and just, you know, give of yourself and give of your comedy and of your talent and have everybody see it on display live. I think it's just one of the most valuable things that, you know, anybody you can do. Um, and I know the audience is just going to love it. I think they're just going to eat it all up. So I'm happy for you. I'm super happy for you. Now, back when you started your YouTube channel, Mm-hmm. I know that you'd mentioned way back when, or just recently you said something about that your husband wanted a little bit more anonymity for your family. Now, is that the same today? Because I know that you do feature some of your, your children and some of your skits like uh, on your Instagram or, um, yes. so how, how, how does, how did they embrace it or how do they embrace that? I think back in 2006 and just the unknown of what YouTube was and putting yourself out there online. And my husband tends to be, he's more private um, of an individual. Like he doesn't even want me to focus in on him. Like if I do stories or whatever, he'll just freeze like a deer in headlights. He doesn't really know what, <laughs> what to do. And then I'm like, uh, that, I don't want people to get some kind of false impression that he's this like super serious kind of dude because because he he's very conversational, very hospital, very um, personable, and so it's just that he's not a camera guy. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, and so I don't want him to feel uncomfortable, and and so I don't 
sit there and put the camera there. if he happens to be in the background he's fine with that but he I, he doesn't want me to like focus it on him but, but back when happy slip first started he was definitely concerned about um just the privacy of the family and he wanted me to treat it very separate like that do your show but then keep it very separate like the idea of vlogging every day and showing family stuff like that was very foreign it's like what do what like first of all who's gonna watch that yeah. <laughs> like yeah if you ask me back then I'd be like who who wants to watch that no one's gonna watch like everyday moments with our family but then um but number two he he wasn't comfortable with like showing everything or being too you know what I mean sure now he's like whatever I want to do he's he's he if I focus on the children a little bit and it's for a comedic uh, moment or whatever he's fine with that he's not like Mm -hmm. trolling about that or anything it's more um not understanding the space a decade ago you know so now it's um it's it's fine he trusts like whatever I I put out there. Your so. children seem to love it. I think, um, you know, Micah for, for sure. I think he, you know, likes, I think he's, he loves the camera. I think he's kind of used to the camera. Right. I, and, yeah, and that's what I mean. Like I, I tend to the, the kids that are hams, you know, they're, they're, <laughs> they're definitely into it. Like Ian, not so much. He doesn't like it so much. So I don't put, I don't force him, you know, I don't want them to feel forced in anything, but if, if it's just happens to be a funny moment, like, Oh, I don't, I have got to capture this, you know, then I'll, I'll do that. But, um, um, you end up seeing the ones that are, they're, they're kind of hammy like me. So <laughs> <laughs> now wait, do you, are you the only child or do you have siblings as well? I mean, I older sister. Um, and is she just as talent as, as talented as she's out, outgoing as yourself? Sarah Gambito, look her up everybody because she is a very talented poet and writer we grew up complimenting each other because although her personality is introverted she was the writer she would write plays and she would write this and that and I would direct and act in them but she is the writer she's a professor of creative writing at Fordham University and just released another book another poetry book it's a poetry book slash cookbook Oh, wow, that is so cool. Yay, yeah, well, that's a nice little plug for your sister. But I think you guys have just all the creative juices and, you know, you definitely have that running in the blood. So I, I, I kind of foresee that a little bit in, in your own children. So I think one of one or two or at least will probably kind of, you know, you'll pass the torch off to them and they'll probably do, you know, they'll, they'll find their own little niche of, of of some entertainment, I think maybe later down the line. Um, yeah, I think so. Especially with the two-year-old, she's already hamming it up. I'm like, oh boy, <laughs> she's really cute. I love it. Cute. Awesome. Now, for uh, parting words, uh, what words of wisdom can you share with those who want to be like you, who want to be a comedian, who want to be, or even a YouTube creator or uh, an internet sensation? Uh, what words of wisdom can you share with them? Well, I think that if Truly, your passion is to create and to perform and, and, and you would do it whether you were paid or not. Like you always have that creative drive. That's the first thing. I think in today's society with the social media going crazy about people just wanting to be famous, to be famous, you know, for just for anything. Right. Um, I think it's to, to uh, discern 
with young people, I would literally tell them, discern first if this really is your passion, okay? Because if, if they start out putting a lot of hope into something they're not even really that passionate about, and then if they don't get the numbers or the views or whatever, this and that, they're already setting themselves up to just be discouraged. So I, I like to encourage kids that, first of all, figure out what it is that lights your fire that you would do whether you were paid or not you just have a passion you have a creative drive towards it you would just do it you know mm-hmm. first find out what that is if it's in the same vein of what i'm doing I, the most valuable advice that was given to me was that look there's this if we were on video i could like hold out my hands and show you that there's this many jobs like so many I mean, not jobs, so many actors and you hold your hands far apart and go, there's this many actors that want to be professional and be paid to do what they love. But then you, then you put your hands like way close together and show that, but there's this many jobs, like not that many. So it's, there's a realistic point of view to tell people that not everyone is going to make it in Hollywood. Not everyone is going to be, you know what I'm saying? Um, And, and I, and I really liked and appreciated when someone told me that because um, I didn't go forward in the same direction that everybody was going because if someone told me, you just keep doing it every, if I can make it, you can make it, everyone can make it, but I don't believe that to be true. Yeah, There is a place, unique place for everybody, but not everyone's going to make it in the same place. So mm-hmm. So that's what I would encourage people is that you have a place to shine in this world. It may not be the way you think it's going to be. Cause certainly I tried that. I went to New York city. I tried, I had an agent, I was going out on jobs, but they were, they were dissatisfying. They were commercial auditions. They were just trying to fit in somebody else's idea. Mm-hmm. And if I were to go with the, with the mentality of don't give up, never, you know, always keep doing that same, same um, route then I wouldn't have explored YouTube. I wouldn't have done all this other unique stuff that's unique to me, you know? So I tell people, don't just do what everybody else is doing. Tune in first to the specific unique gifts that God has given you first. And that, yeah. And then I believe that as you focus in on that and truly your purpose for being here, then doors will open eventually, but you have to be, you, you just have to be able to hold it loosely and that you can't force that it has to happen, that you put everything on life on hold just so this dream can happen or whatever like that. Because right. then, you know what I mean? It's like life, you just keep living your life. You don't give up on, um, on, uh, on the passion, the creative drive, but you have to hold loosely how that's going to manifest, how it's going to play out. So mm-hmm. that's the type of advice I would tell somebody is just that it may totally play out in a different way for you. Right. Um, yeah. But I mean, so like, be open to that basically. So just, mm-hmm. yeah, be open to that. And if someone is all about, Hey, no, I know it's comedy. I, I know I want to be like you. I know that I'm gifted at comedy and this and that. I'm like, well, shoot, we'll go for it. Do yeah. open mics. Like, you know, um, do what it takes to, to, if you've got your friends and family, start your own little tour then like do, you know, um, I had to believe in myself to, to, to actually, you know, put (laughs) that money out and book a, a a theater. But I mean, I I wouldn't say that's the first step is book a theater. I'm saying like build up your, um, your audience amongst your family and friends and it can grow from there. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Um, yeah. But I love comedy because of the unique nature that you can tell your own story and you don't have constraints around you to tell you you need to be 
you need to fit in this puzzle in this way in this box and this no you can be and do and share whatever your story is that's why I love I love that are you going to do one woman shows doesn't need to be comedy you can be a dramatic one woman show you know yeah exactly I think you've really instilled a lot of um, inspiration um, and motivation in many in many listeners and many of your followers I mean you know people people they love that they can see there's people like me, you know, people are color, people of, of our, you know, our ethnicity, of our background that can do it. And you have really, like I said earlier, I think it's, you're very groundbreaking in, in being able to pave that way for everybody because you're still doing it. And I love that. So, you know, if anything, um, you know, you're definitely, you are definitely the example I think most people would love to follow. So, Oh, thank you, Annie. Of course. Now, where can we follow you on social media? Well, definitely happy slip is the handle. So pretty much anywhere you go, um, like happy slip on Instagram, happy slip on Twitter, happy slip on YouTube, happy slip on Facebook. I mean, yeah, Facebook is where I tend to upload more than YouTube just because I feel like Filipinos especially share and connect better on Facebook. Oh, for sure. (laughs) For sure. Right. But that's pretty much where you'll find me everywhere with happy slip. Yeah. Okay. Well, everybody, I will have all of uh, Christine's social media information down below in the show notes. I will have her um, social media handles, her website, and and, um, you can actually even look on her website for some of the tour dates. So take a look at that. You know, she's coming to a city near you. So go check her out. Thank you, Annie. Absolutely. Well, Christine, thank you so much for being on the show. I am so, so grateful and very happy that we've had this time to connect and just um, for us to get to know a little bit more about you and Christine and Happy Slip because everybody needs to know the origin. Can you tell us one more time the origin um, uh, of Happy Slip? Of course. Um, I wanted something memorable and also... The name Happy Slip has a dual purpose. So there's a memorable, funny, I mean, a funny memory from the past with my mom saying, wear your half slip. But the way she would pronounce it is happy slip, wear your happy slip. So it was spelled as happy slip in my head. And I didn't realize it wasn't really a happy slip until friends at school. I said, I forgot forgot to wear my happy slip. They're like, oh, do you have a sad slip (laughs) So that's the funny memory part, but then the dual purpose, the other purpose is that I want people to slip into happiness when they watch the videos. So that's where I came up with that. That's awesome. Yay. See, everybody, it's all about just getting out there and putting yourself, you know, something relatable and and the way that Christine did too, is she took something that was memorable and created into, you know, into the, the persona that she, you know, that she um, projects on her, her YouTube and all her social media. So I'm super happy. I think you're, you're on your, if I think these, the doors are open for you and it's just, it's you know the world is there for you the world is a, or the world is your oyster so i think you're uh you're on your way to where you need to be i think so um we're certainly going to be praying and holding you close to you know our hearts here to make sure you're, you're traveling safe and that you know more and more people come out and see her everybody so definitely go check out all her her social media and all her website or all her website her website and her, all her tour dates info so and there's more coming so you know always check back 
Yes, that's true. Always being adding to that site, events <laughs> and tour dates. So thank you. You're welcome. Thank you. Well, that's it, everyone. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Annie Talks and learning about Christine Gambito. Don't forget to check out her website, happyslip.com, where you can view her tour dates and locations. She's coming to a city near you. I will have all that information and all of Christine's social media channels listed down below in the show notes. So be sure to check them out. Now, before you go, if you haven't already subscribed to the Annie Talks podcast, I invite you to hit subscribe and be notified anytime we upload a new episode. If you could also rate and review my podcast, it would surely help me out and it will help others to find this podcast too. You can also follow Annie Talks on social media. I will have all the social media links down below in the show notes as well. Thank you so much for tuning in and keep listening to Annie Talks. Hoy guys, this is Auntie Baby, you know, from the Happy Sleep Show. Okay, just want to let you know that you are listening to Annie Talks. <laughs>